Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Before we even kick off the podcast, I want to just remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. All right, here we go. All right, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I've got a very special guest. Let's see how this goes. We're going to try something different on the Hog Football Podcast, but I've got my father, Stuart Schiffman, today as a guest. Um, I'm not going to do the traditional introduction. I'm going to let my father introduce himself and talk a little bit about some of his sports background, not necessarily in high school, but maybe as a, as an adult and, and, uh, and then we'll get going in the, in the podcast. So dad, go ahead. Well, it's quite a pleasure to be introduced by my son and to have this opportunity to do a little chat with him about football and I guess sports. Unlike, uh, coach Schiffman, I was never much of a a, a football player. I played one year in high school at Evanston High School in Evanston, Illinois. I played on the freshman B team. Uh, I quickly learned that I really wasn't that good. And so I spent the rest of my uh, high school career cheering for my uh, friends who played football and basketball. Let's hold on. Not as a cheerleader, though. You were just... No, no, no. Just being in the stands and cheering and going to games and... uh, uh, you know, traveling all over Northern Illinois. So, and those so days, you were, you were an athletic supporter is what you're saying. Yes, yes. Okay. In those days, uh, uh, we didn't, uh, our high school didn't go very far in, uh, <clears throat> to play teams. Uh, we were either around the Chicago area. I think the furthest uh, we went, one, one year we played Elgin in basketball. That's as far away as we went. Now uh, high schools travel uh, uh, all over the country to play games and uh, uh, so it's, it's a much different uh, endeavor. Uh, in college, uh, uh, I again, uh, I didn't do very much. Uh, uh, I did play a lot of softball in college, uh, slow pitch and fast pitch. And uh, one year when I was at Indiana uh, University, uh, our, uh, our team, we were the all-campus uh, uh, softball champs. Oh, impressive. Uh, including, well, very impressive because uh, in, one, in one game we uh, – uh, we beat the, uh, uh, the dorm that housed the uh, IU football team. And we, wow. beat them, uh, yeah, we beat them five to three in a game. And I was the catcher. And uh, there was a close play at the plate uh, where some big uh, uh, linemen tried to run me over, like 245 pounds. And uh, I held my own. So that Attaboy. was probably, probably one of the highlights of my uh, <laughs> athletic career. Very good. Uh, 
Then uh, I, I played softball all through uh, uh, for a very, very long time. Uh, and of course, I've been a great sports fan. I love my White Sox. I love my Blackhawks. I love my Bears. Uh, I, uh, uh, I rooted for uh, the University of Illinois when, uh, when uh, uh, Tony's uh, two sisters went to the, U to the U of I. We used to go over there and uh, uh, we had season tickets for the football games. Uh, the Illini weren't very good, although they did have one classic game. They had. They weren't bad. They were a. They were a middle of the pack team when we saw them play. They were. They were decent. But I remember the the best game I think we saw was the year that they played Penn State. Yep, nineteen ninety four. Penn State won the national championship, and Illinois had them on the ropes for the whole game. And then Penn State scored at the uh, end of the game, and I think they won the game thirty four to thirty one. They went. They went ninety nine yards to win that game. Well, you see that you have a much better memory. I than know. I but uh, then, uh, let's see, uh, then I spent my, uh, the, the next part of my life, uh, the greater part of my life, I guess, uh, following uh, uh, Tony, let's see, starting off in junior well, football league. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's continue with your, your sports background, because one of the things that I was curious oh, about. Oh, okay. Yeah, is, all well, right. Well, well, you've got your, you golf, obviously. You started golfing in your yes. 30s, I believe, or 40s. Well, I had actually golfed when I was younger. I started golfing, believe it or not, when I was 13 years old. Uh, I was allowed to take up uh, uh, $100 of my bar mitzvah money when I was 13. And I went to a golf store in uh, uh, Chicago called Monty Levinson's Golf Store. And I bought a set of clubs, uh, a bag, for $50, a used set of golf clubs. That was my first set of golf clubs. And I played all the way through uh, college, law school. And I even had, when we moved to Springfield, I did have golf clubs. But once children started to be born, golf uh, was became a little bit more difficult to play. Right. So uh, uh, we, uh, uh, we gave up, we gave, I gave up golf until I got into my 40s when I returned to the game. And uh, uh, I have been playing ever since, uh, not with much success, but I still <laughs> like to play. And uh, uh, I did once shoot a 72. You did. I've, you, yes. the, you have the uh, scorecard <coughs> proudly, proudly, yes. uh, proudly placed in the house. And so for, for golfers, just to put that in perspective, I shot a 72 when I was a 13 handicap. So that meant my net score was 59. Well, is a pretty you shot good, a 72. Well, and then, and then the other thing you did a lot of that I, I can remember, and, and I was thinking about this question when I, was, when I was writing some stuff down, was you were a runner for a long time. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, I can, and I can remember you and, you and mom running every day almost and, and probably three miles a day at, on average. Sometimes, sometimes even more. The longest I ever ran was uh, – uh, uh, once I was trying to train for a marathon and I, uh, I got up to a run of about 18 or 19 miles. And uh, then I started to develop a little runner's knee. So I backed off a little bit. I did run in two half marathons. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, uh, 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 your mother, uh, my wife, uh, she ran in some races. And it still aggravates me to this day that in one of those races that she ran and she won a trophy for finishing second in her age group. Yeah, I remember. I never, 
I, because I never won a trophy. She left. I remember she yeah. left the race and they had to bring it to the house. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so I ran uh, for uh, quite a few years and uh, I, I, then I, I ran a little bit the last few years though, I have uh, taken, uh, uh, I've stopped running and I, I still try to walk and exercise. Uh, this past uh, uh, winter, uh, I reached that stage of my uh, life when they started replacing body parts. So I had a hip replacement and I'm walking now, as a matter of fact, this afternoon, uh, 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 I was on the treadmill for uh, 35 minutes oh, uh, good. before we uh, started this session. Good. So uh, I'm exercising still. Now, uh, uh, my other great athletic achievement uh, was uh, uh, that uh, uh, I did attend a White Sox fantasy camp in <laughs> 19... No, uh, no. Uh, tw- Two- I'm sorry, 2010. Thank you. I think it was. 2010 or 2008. I believe it was, it was right around my 60th birthday. I attended fantasy camp. I have a great baseball card. If anybody's listening to this and would like a signed baseball card, I still have a few more I could probably deliver. Just let Tony know your name yes. and address. and we'll I will get you, you. A, a signed baseball card by my father. They're worth uh-huh. it's It's priceless. It, well, it's priceless because I mean, you can't get anything for it. So exactly. it is priceless. Exactly. Uh, but I did have a great time at the White Sox fantasy camp amongst the players who were there uh, were uh, uh, Bill Melton. Uh, this, this old age, this is for very, very few of you will remember this, but there was a, a great player who played for the Yankees named Bill Scourin. And after he uh, retired from baseball, he came to work for the White Sox as a coach and a, uh, a kind of a, uh, uh, just a, uh, a minister of goodwill mm-hmm. and uh, but he was from the Chicago area as a matter of fact uh, football coaches might appreciate this uh, Bill Scourin uh, nicknamed Moose uh, went to a, a, a Chicago Catholic high school uh, it might have been Mount Carmel uh, but uh, when he was in high school he was recruited by Frank Leahy at Notre Dame to come and play football at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. And he told Frank Leahy that he would come to Notre Dame if Frank Leahy would allow him to play baseball in the spring. And uh, Leahy said, no, in the spring, you come to spring football. So instead of going to Notre Dame, Bill Scourin went to Purdue. He played, we didn't play football as freshman year because in those years, uh, uh, freshmen did not play on the varsity. Right. He played his first, spring year and at Purdue in baseball and he hit like 550 or something for the for the shortened baseball season and he immediately signed a contract with the New York Yankees and he went on to play all in the uh, uh, in the uh, 50s and 60s for the Yankees and he he won he was on like eight World Series winning teams he had he had eight Yankee World Series rings and one from the Los Angeles Dodgers which he said I never wore it and in fact, I sold it as soon as uh, they sent it to me. Nice. So he was, but he was with the White Sox, and he was at the fantasy camp. Harold Baines, uh, Ron Kittle, uh, uh, just uh, uh, Robin Ventura, who uh, be, this was before he managed the White Sox. Mm-hmm. It was quite a, it was quite a week, and it was a very uh, interesting time. And I still have my White Sox uniform. But, yeah, you uh, better. That thing's that thing's pretty cool right there. You got a, a a legitimate official uniform, so don't get rid of that. 
Oh, I'm, I haven't, and uh, uh, but I still haven't. I've never had the nerve to. Uh, uh, people tell me, oh, you should just wear it to a game, and I've never had the nerve to do that. So. Well, if you don't, I will. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you can wear. You have your own jerseys to wear. I know. Thank you. Uh -huh. All right. Mo moving on, Father. You just you you yes. gave your your big memory knowledge there. So moving on to the to the meat of the chat, if we, if we can. Um, okay. So one of the first questions I had, kind of, and you were starting to to touch on a little bit uh, earlier, but what you know, what was it like growing up, or not growing up? What was it like being a football player, father, growing up? Because obviously, I I played uh, starting from sixth grade, and and I was I played high school football and junior high football and college football, and then I was dumb enough to continue playing for many years after college at. at certain levels but what what was it like growing up because you know one of the things I was thinking about was in the late 90s concussions weren't really a thing um there there wasn't so much worry about injuries at that time so what what was it like for for you and mom as as football parents growing up well, that's that's a really good question and of course it it, it has different uh, uh, different uh, uh stages uh, when you first started playing football, uh, I think our goal was to encourage you to enjoy it and to want to play. Mm -hmm. uh, as you will, as you will recall, and as uh, well uh, as we all recall in the family, your first year of junior football when you were in sixth grade, fifth grade actually. No, sixth. It was sixth. Sixth grade. Sixth. Yeah. yeah. Your first year didn't go very well. Uh, and the, there was a lot. There were a lot of reasons for it. And one of the main reasons was the fact that sixth grade is just too young for junior football. Uh, now we didn't think you, about you could, it. You could get in, you could get in a lot of arguments saying that now because there are some five-year-olds that start playing football. I know in, that. In certain I know areas. that. Yeah. But we, you know, you you could. Uh, uh, it wasn't, and it wasn't because of of that as much as it was the fact that you were as a sixth grader playing against seventh graders and eighth graders. There was a difference. And uh, it's a noticeable difference. And that first year, I know, was very frustrating for you because you, you weren't, weren't very well. Didn't, you weren't very good. No. And I don't think you enjoyed it. And uh, there was some – you tried to uh, uh, convince us that you should not play football and do something else. But uh, your mother uh, was very adamant that you would continue on, at least you would give it one more year. And then all well, of a sudden – I wasn't I wasn't really built for any other sport at that time either. I was more – I was kind of like a meatball and and – not a very athletic yeah. meatball at that. Yeah. You well, that's true. Uh, but uh, the, the next year, you 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 had a great. Uh, uh, you improved an incredible amount. And as a matter of fact, you were uh, you were voted the most improved lineman for the uh, Southwest Bears, and we have that uh, <laughs> uh, little uh, medal someplace in the house. And then your uh, the following year, your last year in junior football, you were voted the the most uh, valuable lineman on the uh, eighth grade team, and as uh, uh, in, and that eighth grade team included at least one player who went on to get a division one scholarship mm -hmm. in, uh, uh, in, in football. Yep. Uh, all right. So at that time we were, uh, we were more supportive and, you know, we, you would, you, uh, parents kind of went to the games and I think you always, the, the main thing was you didn't want anybody to get hurt. You didn't want your son to get hurt. And, you know, you would see people sometimes have injuries, but, uh, we didn't, that wasn't a major issue. Mm -hmm. In high school, it was a little bit more difficult, not difficult, but uh, obviously it, it, high school is, is more intense. Uh, you had uh, uh, a very good uh, uh, 
you had very good coaches at Springfield High School, including uh, Bill Anderson, who had been a college coach at uh, uh, several Division three schools before he came to uh, Springfield High School. Uh, and you know, we were more uh, we we were just like we were more like the uh, other uh, uh, parents. We you know we came to the games, we enjoyed watching the games. Uh, uh, we had very good uh, uh, memories, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, of course, one of the best things about being the parent of an offensive lineman is that uh, you don't watch your son. Uh, uh, make the kind of plays that perhaps can turn a game around. That is not to uh, in any way demean or denigrate what offensive linemen do, but the simple fact is that in high school, if an offensive lineman was guilty of holding, of course, they never called out his number. Not now, uh, They and, do now, though, but at that it, time they did not, yeah. Right, right. But they uh, – uh, uh, you know, uh, you didn't uh, you didn't throw any passes, you didn't run balls, so you never had to worry about fumbling or doing anything that that people might say. Well, that kind of turned the game around. Uh, but uh, uh, Springfield High had some. Well, let's see. The your sophomore year, they made it to the uh, third round of the playoffs. Yep. And then the next year, they made it to the second round of the playoffs. No, and then- we lost in the first round. First round, that's right, yes. Mount Zion. I remember that. Yeah. They had that horse that ran around the stadium every time they scored a touchdown. Uh, and then uh, a senior year, unfortunately, uh, 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 the dreaded uh, injury finally uh, uh, reared its uh, uh, ugly head. And mm-hmm. I've always felt bad because uh, I had not missed any of your games until senior year when I was invited to uh, – participate in a seminar in, uh, uh, at the National Judicial College in Reno, Nevada. And I went and uh, I, I, I planned it so I would only miss one game. And uh, uh, the game I missed was a game where you got hurt and yep. uh, you had a, uh, uh, a tear in the meniscus that they operated on. And the doctor said, uh, no, he's not going to play for the rest of the season. You know, the season in those days was only nine games. And it still season, is. It still is in Illinois. Yeah. It's only nine weeks, right. nine regular season games. And the injury was in the fourth week, I think. And uh, the doctor said, no, this will take six months to heal. Uh, and somehow uh, you convinced the doctor after four weeks that you could go back and uh, play in the last game of the year, which you did. Uh, and if uh, you needed to win that game, Springfield High needed to win that game to make the playoffs, but uh, didn't. And uh, uh, so that year, uh, you guys didn't make the playoffs. Yep. And then uh, off to college, and college is even, uh, you know, each each step of the football uh, uh, progression, uh, the parents become uh, less and less uh, uh, actually involved mm-hmm. uh, in high school. Uh, you know, I would, uh, uh, I generally, well, I, I know I sat up in the stands still in high school. In college, I, I figured out a way to get down on the field to get closer to the action, although that didn't start until, uh, uh, well, it started at Illinois College. Because yeah, you started the, you started to wander with, with, uh, with Conrad. Conrad. Oh, right. Yes, yes. And so uh, there was one parent who, of course, uh, he was allowed to walk on the side of the field because he probably had given enough money to pay for the field. Uh, I uh, uh, was a, I, I just kind of tagged along with him and I started walking on the sidelines and uh, 
uh, taking pictures. I always like to take a lot of pictures at the games. So uh, that was during your career at the Illinois College. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then you uh, uh, had your time of, as, as you began coaching, where uh, uh, I, I again came back, and now since I knew you, since I, I knew one of the coaches, I could get I could stay on the sidelines whenever I wanted. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, uh, when you're coaching, when you were coaching in Springfield, I rarely missed a game uh, unless no, you were you, traveling you, or you never. Well, and that's the, that's the, what I can remember is that you guys never missed games. And that's one of the things, obviously, now with my with my role at Lake Forest and, and talking about recruiting, I, I tell kids that it's a great conference because your parents can come to every game. Because, I mean, I mean, you and mom came to every game home and away almost, it seemed like. So it was – you were well, – we, we, we missed very few games when you played at Illinois College. Because, right. Because, as you say, the furthest, the furthest we had to go would have been from uh, – uh, Springfield to uh, uh, to uh, St. Norbert. St. Norbert, near, yeah, yeah, up near in, in De Pere, Wisconsin. Right. Uh, so, and that was about I don't know, that was about seven or eight hours. And but and actually, we only had to go up there twice because once they came to uh, uh, they came to uh, Jacksonville for yes. uh, uh, the greatest uh, the greatest game of uh, in your career. Uh, one of the greatest games. One of the greatest. Pretty games, good yeah. game, yeah. But uh, they. Uh, 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 so we would go to quite a few games, and and in fact, again now you, you see there is a there is a subtle change because uh, well well that it, was that was actually going to be my second question was what what's what's it like now being the parent of a coach how how is how have things changed in in that regards okay well let me just say that there there is a you know obviously you know in high school you go to the games you go home now in college uh, the game is a little bit more of an event because. Whenever we would go to a game in Jacksonville, uh, parents were always tailgating. Right. So now we, we, we experienced, of course, the tailgating. And uh, many times uh, now when we went on road games, uh, if, uh, if there was a night of travel involved, you know, parents would, uh, would, would meet up in whatever city we were in, uh, sometimes all the way up in Green Bay or whatever, and we'd, uh, we would have a little bit more of a, of a bonding experience. Right. Now, uh, getting to the uh, uh, to the uh, aspect of uh, being the parent of a coach, uh, the biggest difference uh, is that uh, uh, well, it starts off with uh, first of all, for in, in your life, that one of the big differences was the distance. Uh, you know, when you when you left, when you stopped coaching in Springfield and took a job in North Carolina. Uh, that was a difficult season uh, for several reasons, because uh, first of all, uh, the, just the distance, uh, I, I, that year I only saw two games, uh, one in the playoffs and one, uh, uh, one during the regular season. Right. Uh, I remember for the first game, I flew from St. Louis to, uh, 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 I think it was Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah that's and, where the and, airport uh, was. And took a, then picked up a car and uh, I went to the game. And that was another great game. But anyway, uh, uh, I digress. So we, we only got to see two games. And as a matter of fact, your, your mom never saw one game that season. Nope. So, uh, so that, was a, that was kind of a long haul. Now, when you moved a little bit closer and uh, started coaching in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, uh, we came, to, I think, 
You came to we a couple. To, you yeah, not, a couple still, still not a not a lot, but it was. I mean, you were, and again, this was kind of one of the big proponents of me trying to get closer. Obviously, was you drove all the way down to Memphis for a playoff game my second year. So yes, it yeah. was. It was that was, and that's not an easy easy thing to do i mean uh, well it's not it's not you know it's not backbreaking it's only no but still I, I it think, was but it was i mean it was it was a it was a it was a playoff game so i figured it would be nice to be there and memphis was a actually that was a that was a very interesting place to play because mm-hmm. that the high school stadium had once been a college football stadium and uh, uh, that actually had a, I, I believe at one time hosted a bowl game so uh, it was kind of an interesting visit to yes. that stadium and then uh, uh, Fort Madison, when you moved to Fort Madison, you were a little bit closer. And at Fort Madison, we, we got to, at least I got to most of the home games. Yes. Uh, your mom came to many of the home games. And you're, it was the first time that the, uh, your, uh, uh, your sister, at least one sister, came to a game, a game every season. And uh, your, uh, your nephew and uh, uh, our son-in-law, they came down for a game and had a great time. That was the weekend that the uh, Bears uh, made the big trade for Khalil Mack. So we were discussing that on Saturday morning after the game on uh, Friday night. Yeah, important uh, things. Yeah. Fort Madison was a, uh, was a great town for, uh, you know, I mean, because, you know, each, it's always interesting to see the different dynamics because uh, in the year that we were in uh, uh, Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, they'd had a very bad team and, uh, 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 but the year that you were there, the uh, the team turned it around and actually did went w- very deep into the playoffs, and had a very it was very interesting and it was kind of interesting to go to a game and then come back for a game uh, uh, during the playoffs when uh, all of a sudden the, you know the fan interest was very high. Right. And uh, 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 Clarksville uh, uh, was not it, it was it was an interesting town <clears throat> and it's a, it's a very different town because it's a uh, there's a there's a great military influence because it's right over it's right across the border from uh, 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 Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and there, there's a lot of people who uh, live in Clarksville who are uh, connected to uh, Fort Campbell. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids as well, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, uh, we didn't uh, uh, we, we we didn't connect with that many parents there because we're only there a couple times. Yeah, uh, a couple times a season. Uh, now in uh, uh, in Fort Madison, uh, you know they, that was a school where, uh, well, they, although they didn't have a very uh, a good football team, they they were improving when you were there, and more people were coming to the games. But a lot of people just came to those games. I always found it very interesting because um, actually Fort Madison had uh, uh, if they were lucky forty kids who dressed for the varsity football team, but they had over a hundred kids in the band. That huge band. That's, we won't. We won't discuss okay, that. Okay, we that's, won't discuss that. Yeah, let's was, not. You know, let's let's but, avoid that. But we did go to a lot of. Uh, you know, we we met a lot of family there and a lot of people because after the games on Friday night, uh, a lot of times they would go to. Uh, uh, somebody would host uh, people for an after the game uh, session party, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and we would go there and we we did meet a lot of nice people in Fort Madison, some of whom we still love. Uh, keep in touch with uh, uh, occasionally. Uh, but then you've, you, the, your life comes full circle. And when you come to uh, Lake Forest, uh, 
And we're back in the Midwest Conference, although we have to root now for a different team than we did when you were playing. Right. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a major difference. And uh, one of the differences uh, is, uh, you know, Lake Forest is a very, uh, uh, they have a lot, they have students from all over the country, including quite a few from Arizona. Right. And uh, the parents, many of the parents from Arizona, come to the games at Lake Forest. I don't know if they go to the road games as well, but they come yes, to Lake they Forest do. For, the, for the games on the weekend. And that's quite a, that's quite a trip. That's quite a, uh, uh, a journey to come up there for a, for a Saturday afternoon game. Although they're, they're wonderful fans. They travel very nicely. They're very nice people. And I guess we can probably end, if not end, but we can at least uh, mention that uh, the major difference for us was, uh, uh, and again, I was able to be on the sideline. I, I was on the sideline for the game, so I didn't uh, have to, I didn't sit up in the sands. But uh, at Lake Forest, uh, not only did your sisters and your, uh, you had you had a very large family, perhaps the largest family contingent of anybody who was, uh, uh, who was there. But our first home game at Lake Forest, uh, the parents kind of all sit together and uh, uh, your mother was sitting up there uh, uh, in the uh, in the bleachers uh, with uh, 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 our our oldest daughter Sarah and uh, uh, Alyssa. I have to mention Alyssa. Uh, and one of the mothers of a player uh, turned to uh, uh, your mother and uh, said, uh, "Asked her." Uh, which number is your grandson? So there's a, uh, that shows you how far we've progressed. Yeah, we've gone from uh, we've gone from uh, this uh, sixth grade uh, uh, junior football to uh, now uh, being considered part of the uh, very much uh, the geriatric ward of, of, well, uh, of college football. Fans. It happens. It happens. It does. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I can I can honestly say I've I've been lucky because you guys have been very supportive of of my career as a both a player and a and a coach. So I, I know there's a lot of people that can't say that. So thank you for that. Um, well, listen, you know, it's been a lot of fun for us too. I mean, you know, you, you're, I, it, I, it's, it's very uh, enjoyable as a, as a football fan to, uh, uh, to see and to learn and to, and to watch uh, just the whole process. And uh, right. Uh, it's been a it's been a very you know enjoyable and you know it's not like it's over or anything. No, absolutely. Hopefully not. there'll be a, they'll, hopefully they'll be yeah. No, it, yeah in this some... in this era yeah hopefully in this time but yeah right right. Anyways, so so last question that I've got for you and this is something I ask everybody um, and you might have to think a little bit on this one but if okay. you could pick a Mount Rushmore for offensive linemen who would be on that Mount Rushmore? Well. I'm going to age myself here. That's fine. That's I'm fine. Going to age myself here quite a bit. First of all, uh, uh, if if I, the first offensive lineman and who who goes on my list, who goes on on, on Mount Rushmore, is Dick Butkus. Now, people do not realize uh, that Dick Butkus wasn't in college. Played both ways. Mm -hmm. He was an offensive lineman. He was a a, a middle linebacker. Uh, and as a matter of fact, people also don't realize in high school, Dick Butkus 
was Dick Butkus went to uh, a uh, Chicago vocational uh, high school, uh, which uh, was uh, uh, in, in the city. And uh, uh, they didn't have playoffs back in those years. No. They, had, they did have a playoff in the public league, that, and the public league then played the Catholic league. Right, they had the prep bowl. The prep bowl, yes. And, and Dick Butkus, who played for vocational, uh, was, uh, uh, he was center, he was middle linebacker, and he also, uh, uh, occasionally when they got down near the goal line, uh, they gave him the ball to put it over. You know, he, he did, it was the old refrigerator Perry type thing, but he was also the place kicker for vocational. So he did everything. Right. And uh, he was probably, you know, uh, I mean, and, and uh, he would, he still remember, he was one of the 11 greatest college football players ever. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to give him up. Uh, uh, I'd have to put him up there. Okay. I think I'd also put the, uh, uh, Gene Upshaw would go on there. Oh, he nice. Was a, he was a guard. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get a center, two guards, and two tackles. That's that's uh, fine. That's very okay. good. That's that's. Well, I'm I'm doing line. my best here. Uh, uh, I think. Uh, uh, well, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to cheat a little bit here. Okay, I gotta put. Uh, I, I think I. Well, no, I'm not gonna mention him because of. Uh, uh, you know, Kevin Mawai is a, a, a Hall of Famer, and he's he, he's he's the only actual football player uh, you can, ever you can put him first. on the mount rushmore that's fine I can put him on the mount rushmore yes. okay i'll allow yeah. okay uh i would say uh uh oh god you know this is you should have given me a time to do a little bit of homework. no that's the point there was a great there was another great offensive lineman in the 50s and 60s who played for the baltimore colts named uh, jim parker yeah he went to ohio state he was a great tackle you know he was he was a uh he was a guy who uh, uh, made uh, 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 who changed the way you know people viewed tackles because uh, uh, he was he was a, a very athletic. Uh, okay, and even though uh, uh, even though they're Packers, uh, I think I would have to put the Jerry Kramer and uh, uh, Forrest Gregg up That's there. Good choices. Well. I, yeah, for for the for the Packers and for the you know for, for the Lombardi era, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Lombardi wrote a book uh, about the kind of the football philosophy and, and uh, it was called Run to Daylight. And uh, uh, the simple fact of the matter is Run to Daylight is probably still a good uh, mantra for, uh, for football coaches to, to use with their running backs. They, 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 there's, they, no daylight, there's no daylight without the, the offensive line. You're right. And, you know, uh, I, I wanted, I'm going to digress here for a second because, you know, one of the things about being the parent of, of a coach, uh, especially I think when you're the coach of, a, uh, when you're the parent of, a, of the offensive line coach, uh, it can be very sometimes disheartening when you're at a game, you know, and uh, uh, things aren't going well for your offense and everybody is up in the stadium, uh, all the uh, backseat quarterbacks are up there screaming, you're, they're not blocking, they're not blocking. Yeah, you know? and, we're uh, used to that. Yeah, well, I've, one of the things that I've learned about, uh, I've learned over these, these, these years of your coaching is a lot of times uh, it's not that they're not blocking. It's that the running backs are just missing the hole by, you know, the, 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 the distinction, the line between a big gainer and, uh, you know, a tackle for a one yard or a two yard gain is sometimes very, very uh, 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 yes, fine. You are correct. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I, but I, I, I try not to uh, get too uh, uh, agitated 
uh, when they talk about the, when they complain about the, the that they're not blocking when good. they look that way to me. Good. Okay. Well, that's a good offensive line. I, I can I can appreciate those those names and um and well, those I, you places. Know, I, you know, it's interesting because uh, uh, there's a lot of other players you know that, that that you think about that come to mind. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, most of mine are from a, a somewhat different uh, generation. You know, I can't even. Well, it, yeah, I'm thinking like, for example, of the Bears, and uh, uh, you know, obviously the, the the 85 Bears, and in that area, that that era, they had some pretty good offensive linemen. Yes. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, nowadays, uh, the Bears have uh, they haven't had a really great. They haven't had a a Mount Rushmore even quality lineman since Olin Krutz. You know, I mean, Kyle Long was good, but he was all, he was injury prone. Yeah. So one never knows how good he might have been had he been able to play a full uninjured season. Well, he had a couple. That, you he know, had a couple. Yeah, he had yeah. a couple. Okay. All right. Well, Dad, we're going to wrap this up because I've got dinner waiting for me, and I know you've probably got things to do as well. So – well, I have dinner waiting for me too. Good. So thank and, you for uh, taking time and, and sitting and talking with me. And, and I, I, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, um, I, I won't have you drop your Twitter handle because nobody wants to read all the political crap you post. But, well, I was, um, I was just going to say, if, you know, if, if anybody of the, hears <laughs> this broadcast and wants to get in touch with me, uh, they can, uh, you know, they can just do it the old fashioned way with an email. I have an email and uh, they can look for me on Facebook as well. But, yes. Uh, I'd you be might, glad but, to carry on a conversation with any of your uh, football uh, uh, buddies. But if they add you on Facebook, they risk the the chance of you deleting them as a friend if you don't like what they say. So they got to be well, careful. Well, that's you know that, that that's only fair. Yeah. That's only, isn't that isn't that what Facebook is all about? I guess, Father. All right, Dad. Well, thanks right. for taking the time thanks, and thanks, son. All right, we'll talk great. to you later. All righty. Bye bye. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome conversations from the chat and the podcast.